Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Welcome along to the Rocky Road Boxing Podcast with me, your host, Kevin Byrne. For the first time, we're doing a boxing review of the year. The domestic scene was dominated by two fighters who happened to be teammates at the London 2012 and Rio 2016 Olympic Games. They both turned professional within a couple of months, one with matchroom sport and the other with top rank, given huge backing and were tipped to win world titles early in their careers. Last year, they were both up for World Fight of the Year after incredible seesaw battles in New York and Nottingham, respectively. And this year, they brought drama and devastation on the double to the squared circle back home. I'm talking, of course, about Katie Taylor and Michael Conlon. Taylor, now a two-weight undisputed world champion, moves into 2024 as the queen of all she surveys after gaining revenge in a rematch over Chantel Cameron in Dublin. But for uh, Belfast idol Conlon, it's probably decision time. He came up short back in May against Mexican warhorse Luis Alberto Lopez in what was his second stab at the world title. Then at the start of December, at a new weight and with a new trainer, he was stopped by Jordan Gill in his comeback bout on a crazy night in the long-standing fight capital of Ireland. I tell you what, Ireland Irish boxing had a bit of a pep in its step this year after a long time in the doldrums. Joining me to discuss the year that was are two prime fighting men who made the Rocky Road podcast debuts in 2023. Grizzled veteran Terry O'Neill is more spectator than scrapper these days uh, as he focuses on different kind of performance art in a, as a stand-up comedian and actor. Uh, young gun Tommy Hyde is also well-placed to comment on the year that was as he, he was one of many Irish boxers to enjoy a homecoming in 2023, bringing two big fight nights to the parochial hall in Cork and extending his unbeaten record to 7-0. Lads, Welcome to the show. Sorry for that very long intro. Uh, no doubt you the legs walked off you from all the shopping, Terry. No doubt. I wish. I wish. No shopping done so far. Thanks for that introduction, Kevin. Yeah, and I, Tommy's the nice, hot, young gun. I'm the grizzled old veteran. I love it. Brilliant. It's the way very it is. Boxing's a young man's game, Terry. You know this. <laughs> I do indeed. Welcome, Tommy. How are you keeping? Very good, Kevin. Thank you. Very good. Uh, just kept busy here working in the family bar at the middle over Christmas. So, yeah, kept busy. Yeah, on your toes there for sure. Uh, it was a great 2023 for you. You're flying it, Tommy. Uh, three fights back home, starting out in Waterford and then two in Cork. Uh, Jason Quigley, Katie Taylor, Dennis Hogan and Joe Ward all enjoyed homecomings of their own this year after kind of fighting mainly in the States or Australia. And hopefully in 2024, the likes of the McKenna brothers and your fellow Corkman, Callum Walsh, can sample it as well. What was it like for you? Yeah, it was unbelievable. It's a dream come true. It was a perfect year for me. 
plenty of fights, fighting in America, fighting at home, and then two big nights at home in Cork. So it was, uh, it was yeah, it was a dream come true. Hopefully, there's plenty more of it next year for for all the other fighters that haven't got a chance to fight at home. Um, there's so much talent coming through Ireland all the time, and it's a shame if if they don't fight at home. Um, yeah, it was brilliant. What Katie bringing the opportunities to Dublin and all the fighters, the Irish fighters, getting great opportunities off her, off the back of Katie and off the back of Mikey Conlon. Um, it was just a great year for Irish boxing. I thought. Yeah, fighting in your home city can really elevate you. Like I mean, we saw as well, like Kieran Malloy fought down in Galway and like the atmosphere looked heaving. And then I was down in Waterford when you boxed in your Irish uh, debut, Tommy, when Craig McCarthy was at the top of the bill against uh, Graham McCormack and uh, Dylan Moran brought it. He, was, no, he actually topped the bill, didn't he, Dylan? But, you know, great atmosphere in Waterford. For, like, it's brilliant to see Irish boxing extended to fighters' home cities and, and that's where you are. Do you, do you think you can add to your performance or you're one of those guys, you you, you were um, globetrotting as an amateur, you fought all over the world. Do you feel it puts added pressure on you to fight at home or do you think you perform better in front of your own fans? Um, I kind of take it with a pinch of salt, to be honest. Um, at the end of the day, you have to go in and fight. But it's great to have it's great to have the backing of your own behind you. You know, that's, I suppose it would give you a boost and you know they're all there to support you and they're all just wishing you well. Do you know what I mean? Um, I fought in the likes of Ukraine and Russia where you go in there and there's probably five in the crowd and mm. one of them is more than likely my dad. And that's the only one looking for you to win, really, in that crowd. So it's a, it's a bit different. But, yeah, it's, it's great fighting home. It's a great buzz. And I love it. I love it. If if I could have it my way, I'd fight in Cork all the time. Yeah. T- Terry, three out of four fights for Conlon and Taylor back were, were at home this year. Oh, no. Sorry. All four fights for Conlon and Taylor were at home this year. And, they, you know, there's a loss. There's a record there of three losses and one win. When, they, when Taylor and Conlon both turned pro, they were also tipped at the time to land these massive homecomings give other boxers huge opportunities to shine when they did so. It's it's taken Taylor especially an awful long time to land in Ireland. Was it worth the wait? I think very much so. Very much so it was worth the wait. The first fight, obviously, we didn't get the result we wanted, but the atmosphere, I'm sure you can uh, attest to it yourself, was um, was absolutely electric. I was lucky enough to get a, a very late show for a ticket for the first fight. I was at both fights. Um, but the fourth one in particular, the atmosphere, as I said, far the result was just incredible. It was a real celebration of boxing being back home, you know, back in back in Ireland, back in the capital, not the real capital, not where Tommy's from, back in back in the the capital, what do you call the capital of Dublin? Yeah, it was good to have boxing back. And then the second fight, obviously, the result was exactly what we were hoping for. Different Katie altogether, I thought. She had that steely look in her eyes right before the fight started. And from 25 seconds in, the body language was unrecognizable from the first fight, I thought. Just so much more positive. With Michael Conlon, very different, uh, very different year. Obviously, I think unfortunately that that Lee Wood fight that was meant to be his crowning moment. It was all all the stars seemed to align right into that last round slip up. So it was devastating and um, long way back from Michael. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, my my own notes from like just the the atmosphere at the first Taylor, uh, the first Taylor camera fight and the second Taylor camera fight. I guess the I the atmosphere it was really difficult to get like the. Anticipation was absolutely off the charts as Taylor made her walk, made her walk to the ring, yeah. a long walk to the ring. Unfortunately, the atmosphere had kind of popped a little bit because Dennis Hogan and then Gary Cully yeah. fell to defeats. But it still there was so much positivity in the room for Taylor that it was right back up. But I found maybe it's just a, it's a it's a nice fluke for her that basically that the what well, the Irish fighters won this time, so she was going into the ring this time against Cameron too. 
with a with a party arena. But my, I wonder, does Katie fighting in Ireland? She said afterwards, that was my real homecoming. I wonder how much it really does matter to her because obviously she performed maybe one of her best at her best in like the matchroom fight, pa- the matchroom back garden. Yeah, yeah. Pursuing too. And at Madison Square Garden, that was like 50-50 between Irish and Puerto Ricans. And, but yeah, it's great to get it back up and, uh, and running at home as well. That's for sure. Um, we have a lot of categories, lads. And we're looking at, we're looking today at fight of the year, comeback of the year, gut punch of the year. That's kind of like the biggest disappointment. Um, breakthrough of the year, knockout of the year, moment of the year, and fighter of the year as well. So that we're going to discuss those kind of categories with the two lads. And uh, yeah, I've got my lists and stuff like that. And we'll, uh, we'll discuss them now. So lads, no, no time to waste. We're going to go straight to fight of the year. Uh, do any in particular stand out to you? I'll put it to you that you know the small halls, the small hall scene, and um, like apologies to the fights I didn't, you know, to the fighters that I didn't see in action as well. You can't, you can't get to them all, but of the ones I did see, um, be it on TV or in person, some of the ones that stand out to me are like Gray McCormick against Craig McCarthy. I thought that was an incredible fight down in Waterford. Tommy, you fought just before that, and as well as that on the small hall scene, there was Jamie Morrissey. Against Kevin Crone and one and two, I thought they were great fights. Lads putting records, you know, lads forgetting about defeats and undefeated records and pride and stuff like that, and just going all at it. Yeah, I was at Graham McCormick. I seen the bits of the Graham McCormick fight, and what, from what I saw, it was very entertaining. And all all my buddies were telling me that it was a great fight. And in fairness to Jamie Morrissey, he's been in probably three of the best fights in Ireland this year. Mm. A newcomer to boxing, and he's after been on the big stage in Dublin. It didn't go his way, but he was in a great fight against Emma Brennan and then two great fights with Kevin Crone as well. So, in fairness, he's after put on three belters. Yeah, absolutely. And, th- and these boys are all on your radar because, like, Brennan Morrissey took place on the Taylor Cameron uh, two build there at the three arena. Brilliant fight. It was a pity it was on so early on, in the before the belt section, Terry. I'm sure you enjoyed it like a uh, fellow dub in action. Yes, you were yeah, at the bar at that stage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I um, Emmett's an old club mate of mine in St. Saviour's back in the day. So, like, he's a couple of years younger than, than this grizzled veteran, as you said earlier. But um, former sparring partners and stuff, it's great to see Emmett's rise. I mean, he's an absolute, the poster boy for tenacity. You know, he just stuck with it, stuck with it. Eventually, he's Irish champion, Olympian. And now he's um, won a belt in his second fight on the big stage, as you said there. And a great fight, too. Great finish from Emmett. He seems to be one of those guys who gets stronger as the fight goes on. Even so early in his career, that's a good sign, I think. Yeah, so he, put, he, he put Morrissey under uh, untold pressure there with his fainting, getting in close. And, you know, just his fainting his way in, I thought was very impressive. Yeah. Uh, he spoke about levels. We had to see the performance to, to realise he was telling the truth. And now, Tommy, you're looking at a showdown with Emma Brennan, possibly in 2024. Yeah, like, it, I was at the fight with my nephew and... Obviously, we were going up to see Katie, and, and it was just a big night for Irish boxing. So I was just wanted to give him a taste, but he's only eight. So it was his first taste of big-time boxing. And yeah, Emmett and and Jamie gave a great fight. It was an unbelievable fight, and I was just... I wish I was the one fighting there. It was a great atmosphere, even even so early on in the show. They, brought, they both brought a lot of people with them, supporting them, and uh, it was a great atmosphere. So it was, it was great. It was great for the, for the Irish fans as well to see that. Would that be Even one you'd be interested in, Tommy? Sorry, took the cross. No, no, go ahead. Would you be interested in Tommy for? Oh yeah, of course. Like Emmett, oh, personally, he just won the like, heavyweight title. So I was saying that to Johnny, Johnny Hips afterwards. I was saying, Johnny, I'd love to fight. Get that fight in Croke Park. Like it's, uh, it's, it's 
how could you not want this? Do you know what I mean? That's the stage you dream of being on these huge shows. So, yeah, whoever I have to fight to get on that, I'll do it. Yeah, and surely, not, surely that's not a fight to go before the bell. That's one for the main card. Absolutely. Yeah, and I read on Twitter, like, people on about the before the bell saying it was probably the best before the bell fight that's been on this year. Do you know what I mean? It's, it caught everyone's attention. It, everyone, everyone enjoyed the fight. It wasn't just the Irish. Yeah. There's a couple of fights that took place on the undercards of the of the big main events. I thought um with a fighters with something to prove, and I thought they pulled out good performances and they were under pressure. And Ireland, England as well. I saw Quivina Giarco against Troy Williamson. Mm. Uh, maybe Giarco took some stick for maybe not really grasping his opportunity on the first Taylor Cameron show, but on the on the Conlon Gill card, that was a great fight. Giarco against Williamson, I enjoyed that one. Um, I would put uh I would put Lewis Crocker and Tyrone McKenna in this category as well for fight of the year. It's definitely within consideration, but maybe it was just a bit one-sided. It was it was kind of all one-way traffic for Crocker and, and McKenna took a lot of punishment, but game as game as they come. Another fight that, you know, that you couldn't really take your eyes off was Gary Cully against Reese Mould on the Taylor uh, Cameron two card. You know, that was good rec- good records on the line. Obviously, Cully looking to bounce back from a uh, De- pretty devastating first first knockout loss of his career on the first Taylor Cameron fight. Any 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 fights or any any fights I mentioned there are they are they live contenders or what do you think? I, I think I kind of agree with the Crocker against uh, Tyrone McKenna fight. I think it was a great fight, but a little bit one sided to be in the running for for Irish fight of the year. I thought um, Tyrone's never in a bad fight, really, is he? He's a bit of uh, the Irish Arturo Gatti about him the last few years. He's been a great great stalwart for for professional boxing here. But I have to go with, I mean, I know it's kind of an obvious choice. For me, Katie against Chantel Cameron too. And again, it was the outcome we wanted, but the atmosphere was absolutely electric. As, as you, you, the, two of you, the two lads there know, you were at the fight too. It was incredible. I think from the start to finish, it was always in, it was always going in the balance. And I think, um, yeah, great fight for 10 rounds. Even coming into the end of the fight, it was still up for grabs. And Katie got off to a great start. You know, a bit of a bit of controversy with the, was it, wasn't it a knockdown? And um, Chantel, what do you think? What do you think, yeah, Terry? Knockdown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. To be honest with you, I think I think it was definitely a balance issue. It wasn't. She wasn't bored. But I think if I was the ref, I would have counted. Yeah. Now I think ultimately it might not have mattered on the cards, but um, I think she's probably got a legitimate grip with the with the knockdown. Maybe not with the scorecards. It was a fair and just result. But um, the knockdown, perhaps. Yeah, I was kind of flabbergasted. So I watched, and I really enjoyed the fight from ringside. I thought it was a brilliant contest. The first fight was pretty entertaining as well. Like it was all action as well, but maybe the fact that they were paired together only like three or four weeks before the contest actually took place. Chantel came in as a, as a late replacement. Maybe they didn't gel as well as they could have, or maybe just objectivity goes, goes out the window. And when an Irish girl loses her homecoming, loses her, you know, undefeated record to an English girl, you go, that's not the fight of the year, but maybe you're more emotionally tuned into when she wins the rematch. But I, I do feel like the second fight, was a slightly better fight, maybe because they knew more about each other. There was more; there was even more at stake at this stage. Tommy, yeah, I, I thought in the second fight, I thought they both performed better than the first fight. I didn't think, I didn't think much of Katie's performance in the first fight. I thought she looked deflated from the start of the fight. Whereas, as as Terry was saying, she was switched on from the start in this one, and it was unbelievable performance, great game plan, and she executed it down to a T. Um, I thought Chantel Cameron still boxed very well which makes the win even better for Katie. And it was a uh, yeah, very entertaining fight. There's been a lot of talk about, uh, afterwards about like, was Katie dirty? Cameron's, uh, Cameron's corner came out and basically accused her of, 
of that, uh, you know, being liberal with use of the head and elbows and all sorts of stuff. And then like a little video emerged, possibly from the Katie, from the Katie Taylor camp, showing that some of Cameron's foul and tactics. Did you think it was, was it a dirty fight, lads? Did that uh, make it better? I, well, I mean, I think like it, that's the referee's job. I think it's your job as a fighter. You're going to do what you can get away with, really, realistically. So if the ref has been a little bit lenient on the holding or maybe dropping the head, you're going to do what you have to do to win, especially in a in a long professional boxing fight, you know? I mean, it's almost sacrilegious to say anything about Muhammad Ali, but he got away with murder back in the day holding, for example. You know what I mean? So a lot of fighters kind of have got a, a good knack of maybe Bernard Hopkins, good example, just barely, yeah. just barely kind of uh, bend the rules a little bit, you know? And I think it's the referee's job. If he's not calling you up, you're going to keep on doing it. Yeah. I think Chantel was as guilty as Katie. You reckon, Tom? Yeah, I think there was nothing blatant done on the fight. Nothing, nothing blatantly obvious. Uh, I don't think it was a, a dirty fight. It's a fight at the end of the day. They're having a scrap. So yeah, there's gonna be there's gonna be bumps to the heads. There's gonna be this kind of elbows and stuff like that happening. But there's nothing blatant. Yeah, actually, I'll just give like a bit of a lefty call out, a left field call out for. I actually did think the Conlon against Lopez fight, even though it only lasted five rounds. That was that was an incredible contest to watch. Really more close, yeah. like. Conlon came out with his tactics and he threw them out the he threw the game plan out the window with the first or the second round and then just decided to throw down and fight fire with fire. He got hurt around the fourth round, but <laughs> he was going out on his shield no matter what. And he, like he did go out on his shield. We've seen other fighters, you know, tell the corner I've had enough, but I don't think Conlon was ever doing that. And uh, like massive credit there for that. I thought the fight, as long as it lasted, and just the, the drama as the tail came in, as Conlon slumped back, it was just. It was it was crazy spectacle. Yeah, he's got an act lately, hasn't he? For um, for dramatic finishes of fights, you know that that haunted image of him going out against out of the ring against Lee Wood and his father running to catch his head. You know that was very cinematic, very you know for all the wrong reasons. If you're an Irish boxer fan, and uh, that fight I was lucky enough to be at that fight in Belfast too. That was a fantastic fight, you're right, Kevin. While it lasted, um, That's... and it was, it was still he was doing well. You know he was fighting the wrong fight for sure, but for a round or two he was really in the fight. So I think we're all agreed across the board. Like for me, the fight of the year is Taylor versus Cameron too. I think we'll we'll, we'll throw throw down the garland for that one. What you reckon? You're happy enough with that one, lads? Affirmative. Yeah. We'll yeah. Move on I the comeback agree, of the year, lads. Oh, I just adding in for the fight of the year. I thought Healy Cassidy and Dawson in the National Stadium. Oh. I know we're on about the pros, but I thought that was an absolute belter. Mm. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it. I'm glad you mentioned it. It's it's uh, would have been remiss of me not to to go on without mentioning. Yeah, it was the best fight of the uh, the 2024 seniors, wasn't it? I thought the best the 2023 was possibly um, Grania Grania Walsh against uh, Christina Desmond, but in the most recent ones, yeah, Cassidy against Dawson, incredible action. Did you did you have the right winner picked, or did you think Dawson would do it, or like I mean, I it, was, was the, it was the right decision. I was, obviously, I was fairly split. I'm hearing people telling me that Dawson was going to win, and others saying Keelan was going to win. Um, and, and I'm friendly with both of them do you know what I mean so I knew it was going to be a good fight and then the little clip that was put up of him sparring I was like Jesus this is going to be a cracker and I lived up to it it was a brilliant fight yeah. and the buzz around the, the stadium before it kind of anticipation and it was just all eyes around the, uh, on the ring for that one yeah brought back memories of I think Ward Egan and stuff like that different kind of context and stuff like that but light heavyweights in a like, light heavyweights being the main event I think on the night was uh, was class as well yeah, it was uh, it was savage, and then the two the great storyline, the two lads being like best friends, and yeah. and and 
they didn't show it in the ring. They just went, they wanted to take each other's heads off. Yeah, it's brilliant. I thought the Hessian against uh, Jude Gallagher, 57 kilo fight final was brilliant as well. I thought that was class. Like, neither I actually of them. had that wrote down there next to me. I, Jude Gallagher <laughs> yeah. and Hessian as well. Yeah, I that like, was I th- they both performed brilliantly and Gallagher got the nod, but I you know, wouldn't fault Hessian at all. Maybe he'd feel there's things he could have done better, but you know, he, that's a more expert view than I'd have. But I thought he, I thought he just did everything he could to win. Yeah, like the, that weight alone, 57 kg alone, was was an unbelievable weight this year. Right? The league is in there, Paul Lunham, Sean Parsons. You know what I mean? There's so many top fighters there. I think you're the Commonwealth champion at 54, the Commonwealth champion at 57, the Irish champion at 50, at 60, uh, and all all different lads. Like you know what I mean? And uh, every like four or five lads at least capable of going on to get the best and probably go to the Olympics. So it's uh, yeah, great one for Duke Gallagher to win. As we move on to yeah. comeback of the year, there's a few, there's a few ones that I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing who you have to say. I'd say Katie Taylor has an obvious claim. Obviously she came back from her first, first career defeat would have been absolutely gutted, written off, had to go back to the States and, and rebuild. And then she comes back to, to beat Chantel Cameron and become a two weight undisputed champion. I'm going to go with the Wexford boxer, Dean Walsh on comeback of the year. Like Dean spent time in prison. His career, he looked to be going pro. Then he got caught up, you know, caught by the, you know, caught out with some legal issues. His career looked to be over. Came back in 2022, picked up some wins on the international circuit. In 2023, he had to fight the uh, the Olympic bronze medalist Aiden Walsh in the uh, in the elites. Beat him in the semi, won the elites, and then he won them again. And now he's hoping for a shot to qualify for the Olympics. I think that's a gr- it's a great comeback story. There's other ones as well, like from the elites too. Like you've Grania Walsh beating Amy Broadhurst in the the 2023 elite final like Granny Walsh had been missing in action for an awful long time loads of injuries you know and she, she was injured shortly before that fight too I think so constant you know constant battles outside the ropes but you know she had a great year um, possibly TJ Dohany as well he'd lost four out of six and looked to be possibly fading from the fading from the line like maybe his best days were behind him uh, but I know he'd probably take great offence at the suggestion and uh, pulled out two massive Knockout wins in a row in Japan, his favorite his favorite country. So they're Ooh. kind of my, they're the ones I'm taking off for best comeback of the year. I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Uh, for me, I mean, again, the obvious choice would be Katie. I guess that's the knee jerk response. But I'm going to go with TJ. I think TJ almost like a, you know, he's the only Irish boxer to win in Japan since Wayne McCullough. Really, is he? He seems to go over there, you know, every couple of months and upset the apple cart over there. So he's got some kind of knack for winning in Japan. Again, yeah, you kind of would write him off. A couple of losses on the spin. He's probably on the wrong side of 36, 37 now. Uh, maybe he's 37, 38, I'd imagine. And uh, yeah, fantastic wins. And all of a sudden, he's back relevant again in, in the discussion for big fights. Big being mentioned alongside Inouye and stuff like that. You know, I mean, he's he's earning he's earning a massive, massive shot as well. And like, in fairness, a lot of, like the, of the, the four losses in six, you know, you're looking at Michael Conlon in Belfast and there was a load of, Politics outside the ring with that one. I know TJ was very unhappy with the way everything went down there. You're looking at Baluta. I think that was over in Dubai. It was a six rounder or something like that. And he was probably just caught cold. Probably doesn't look at it as a, as a real loss. There was a unification fight with uh, Danny Roman. And then there was a loss in Australia to a much hyped prospect. Maybe he wasn't up for that one. I'm not sure. So I'd say TJ's perspective is this isn't a comeback. I've always been here. So no, no offense to him, but I think he was... Uh, you know what I mean? I, I still I still think going out and pulling out those wins and put himself right in right in place now for a world title shot. He's heading towards the top of the queue. What do you reckon, Tommy? Yeah, TJ's my pick. Um he beat Sam or Sam Goodman beat him in Australia at the start of this year. And a couple of weeks before I was I actually met Sam Goodman in LA. He was in our gym in Churchill Boxing Club in Santa Monica. 
and I seen he was he was very very good. He's young and he's uh, he's up and coming. So that last it's not a it's not a big loss for TJ. Goodman was unknown, but he's going to be a big star, I think, in the future. And then he he goes to Japan. He knocks out he knocks out a guy fourteen and one, and then he comes on again and he knocks out an undefeated in a way, his undefeated sparring partner, who's actually the guy he knocked out in the last place is actually one on one with Bam Rodriguez as an amateur. So like he's a uh, teases after I thought I thought he came back from he's after being written off and he's after two huge wins in Japan and I, he's ready probably for a world title fight now next. I think it was unreal. A great story. That's class. The beauty of boxing. So comeback of the year goes to TJ Doheny, vote as voted by that panel. And fair play to TJ, um, well deserved. I have a I have a category. I, I was calling it good punch of the year. Maybe just the biggest disappointment. Tommy was asking, "Are you talking about body shots here?" And he, has yeah. few, he has a few beauties on his record, but I'm just talking about ones that kind of like just kind of hit Irish boxing like a body punch almost. You know, like a like a figurative one. Like Gary Cully was being groomed to take over from Katie Taylor as the next headliner. Hearn was all about it. You know, McGregor was giving him the whole the whole talk. Uh, Cully was being groomed to take over as the headliner, and from to be stopped as in the fashion he was by Jose Felix was just incredibly deflating. Obviously, then Taylor had her had her homecoming. And for that to end the way it was, was probably quite sad, I think, for a lot of fans who showed up and the anticipation that went down. Personally, just because he's been such a road warrior for such a long time, I used to cover him in the amateurs. I was really pleased for Dennis Togan when he got his homecoming opportunity. It was probably a couple of years too late, maybe overshadowed by the fact that it was on the Taylor Cameron one card. Or maybe you could argue great for him because it's on the most the highest profile card in the country. But like I would have liked to have seen Dennis Hogan fighting in Ireland maybe five, six years ago. Um, and so for him to lose on his first fight back in Ireland against JJ Metcalf, that was quite, I guess, disappointing. And also maybe knowing what Michael Collin has gone through, like I think it's quite it's common knowledge out there that he trains as probably harder than anybody, Collin. His dedication, leaves his family back home in Belfast, goes to England, trains like, has always trained like a demon. I believe he was the role model in the Irish amateur team for years for his for the work he put into it. And for him to come up short in his second world title shot and then lose his comeback, it's a, it's a bit of a gut punch for Irish boxing. And, and the Taylor first loss and the Conlon second and uh, the Conlon losses as well. Sorry, just to get my words out. They also have like consequences for all the fighters who get under undercards as well. So what do you what do you think? Any, any stand out to you, Terry? Um, I, I mean, I, Gary Cully's one was real, real shock, real surprise. I, I randomly bumped into him two days before the fight, and I was chatting to him. Um, you know, wished him all the best and stuff. So then that happened. I made sure I stayed. I didn't bump into him before this, before his last fight, in case I've been the Jonah for him, the bad luck. But uh, it has to go. I have to go, with Mick Conlon. To be honest, devastated. I've got to hold my hand up and say when Mick Conlon went pro at the same time as Shaq Horse Stevenson, and he was getting the big hype. I always thought Mick was the real prospect there. I, I, I thought he was a surefire bet to be world champion at some point. Obviously, very tough, very competitive weight division he's in. But I really thought Mick would win. I mean, being world amateur champion is incredible achievement, just insane, you know. Uh, so I was really thinking that was going to translate as a pro. As I said before, Lee Wood fight, the Lee Wood fight last year, that should have been his moment, the crown and glory, fight of the year, you know, fight of the year, win of the year would have been for an Irish boxer. So... What a pity. So yeah, mix mix uh mixed two losses this year were devastating mm. for me personally. Which one hit you the hardest, uh, Tommy? I think I watched the first uh, matchroom show in Dublin. I watched it when I was in LA training and I was just deflated after it. Like it was as you said, Dennis Hogan, Gary Cully, and Katie. I was just like, 
it couldn't have it couldn't have went worse really. Um, so I think that show overall was just a huge disappointment. Obviously, it was, there was good it was there was good enough for Paddy Donovan and other Irish and Kevin Jericho did good nights, but for the for the other three lads, it was or the two two lads and Katie, it was it was horrible. It was horrible to watch. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, I didn't even realize until right now that the three, the first three I mentioned, Cully, Taylor, and Hogan, kind of slipped my mind that they all occurred within an hour or two of each yeah. other. So I'll go with that one as well. Maybe the, the first matchroom show in Ireland, because everyone walked out of the arena that night thinking, are they going to come back? And we're almost surprised yeah. that within a few months they did. And the entire, entire narrative was flipped on its head, but it did look like we'd waited so long for big time boxing to come back to Dublin. It was such a deflating night. Um, so, yeah, we'll go with that one for a good punch. I think, Terry, you're outfoted on that one. But, yeah, I have a lot of sympathy for that one. All right, the, the condom one. We'll go with break. We'll go with breakthrough of the year uh, for this one. Tommy, you're you're in amongst it. You know, set, you're on seven wins in a row now as well. Uh, you're making a great breakthrough. Uh, top prospect there in the light heavyweight division. I think there's a couple of lads that are maybe just a little bit further on in their careers. So we'll talk about them as well. It's like Lewis Crocker this year. Four wins, two, two inside the distance, two on points, including Tyrone McKenna. I think finally he's got a bit of activity behind him. I'm looking at Callum Walsh. I think he's got four. He's four and zero in the states this year, and um, you know it's been headlining shows, very high profile, making his name. Pierce O'Leary won two on the two on the hop in 2023. You'd ideally like to see a bit more activity, but he's he's making his name and you know making all the right kind of friends. And then I suppose Paddy Donovan had a great breakthrough year. I think three knockout wins in Dublin uh, at the National Stadium, and then on the two Katie Taylor bills as well. So I think he's had a great. Breakthrough year. Does anyone stand out to you, Tommy, as uh, as really putting their head above the parapet this year? I thought Sean McComb had a great year as well, beating Casey Benjamin on Sky Sports. Um, then he went and had a big win in Belfast and then absolutely destroyed Sam Maxwell, dropping him three times and winning every round. I thought, I think for, for me, Sean McComb's a breakthrough because he didn't really live up to the hype that was, that was expected. He was a brilliant amateur and that fight against Gavin Gwynn kind of deflated the expectations there but he's he's back on the horse and he's he's looking mm. brilliant I actually have McComb down as uh, one of the nominees for possible fighter of the year I think he's yeah. uh, we'll get to that later like but it's you know when you stand back and look at it like he's had a, he's had a brilliant year as well considering what he's been up against in the last few years you know that, that first defeat would have been so crushing and to come back with three wins like that. Terry any thoughts on a breakthrough of the year yeah, great, great shout with uh, McComb. I think McComb could actually be a front runner for comeback of the year. Also, I never, really, I never yeah. considered him because it was such a bad loss that time. It looked like I remember he, he kind of half jokingly tweeted like, uh, "I'll be a good journeyman from now on." Certainly yes. yeah. spun that around, hasn't he? Uh, I think Paddy Donovan. I'm gonna go with Paddy Donovan here. I think he's like the best prospect, you know, at the moment in Irish boxing, maybe. And um, he really had a great shock front window this year. Those fights in the in in the the tree arena, those last couple especially, yeah. and I could see everybody kind of really tuned in, really lean forward in their seat, and really watch them this time. So people are taking note. Uh, I think I'll go with Paddy. I like that show. I'm going to go with Paddy as well. Like, uh, I think Callum Walsh had a great breakthrough. I think I picked him in the newspaper last year. Callum Walsh's breakthrough fighter, you know, so he he made his name almost last year, and he's just considering continuing to add to it. And he he could join you, Tommy, as a homecoming fighter next year in Cork. Dana, Dana Walsh was only talking about it. To be honest, the only reason I didn't pick Paddy is because I've been on the Irish team of Paddy since we're about 15. <laughs> and I've known how good he is, so it's not a breakthrough for me. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah. he's always been he's always been fairly special. I remember watching him in the Monster Championships when we were 11 and he's stopping fellas with body shots. And you just don't see that as the 11-year-old. He's gone on, he's on like a 40-fight win streak and 
he was he was always very very good. Yeah, that's why he's called a real deal, isn't he? I think people in Irish boxing know that he's he's completely legit. But at the same time, maybe those performances on on the Taylor bills have really woken him up to the wider public. I see he's getting an awful lot more media and stuff like that as well. So yeah, that's a good call. We'll go with Paddy. We go with Paddy Donovan on breakthrough of the year. He's also up for a knockout of the year, I think as well. There's, I've been racking my brains. I can't think of too many, but I'm sure like maybe it's just, uh, I need to sit down for a bit longer and come with a few, but like, Paddy Pierce Donovan. O'Leary, left hook, was left hook. Um, Pierce, Pierce O'Leary versus Sear Theory in Belfast. Yeah. yeah. Right lead, left hook, good night. Well, I mean, Sear Theory got back up. But yeah, Malai had a good one against Sam O'Mason. Yes. First rounder, wasn't it? Yeah, that, that, that's my take. I think. Is it? I thought that was I thought that was a cracker, yeah. Yeah. And then obviously Paddy Donovan against Ball in the fourth round in Dublin, like Florida with a left hook. That kind of came from nowhere. Like and you know, Ball has a serious yeah, Ball had a pretty serious record and Donovan just slumped him. Um speaking of slumping opponents, Tommy Hyde versus Drebbit down in Waterford. That I was you were right above me, Tommy. And he hit him with a left hook to the body and he got up somehow. This Ukrainian fella. I think yeah. he had an unbeaten record. And then he caught him with another left hook to the body. It's I'm sure for boxers, Terry, a left hook to the body is a great way to stop a fighter. It must feel Oh like- yeah. It's a great something very satisfying about it in a in a masochistic kind of way, you know, sadistic way, I should say. You feel the air being sucked out of them. There's like a split second delay, and then down they go. Yeah, it's a thing of beauty. My favorite punch for sure, left hook to the liver. Beautiful. Okay, so Tommy, you've gone for uh You've gone for Kira Malloy against Sam O'Mason. Um, I'm on the fence now. I'm willing to hear what Terry has to say. Persuade me. Or what do you think? Uh, what's what's yours? Pierce O'Leary, is it the first one you mentioned? I, I think Pierce. I, I forgot about um, I forgot about Malloy there. I, I, I'd be happy yeah. to go with that too. You're happy to go with Malloy? I'm happy to go with that as well. Oh, Pierce O'Leary go. maybe. But, but either, either of those, I wouldn't argue. Yeah. I'm, I, I've, I've swung wildly on this one. My first thought on this category was Paddy Donovan for sure. Just the way he took him out. Ice cold. Then I kind of recalled Pierce O'Leary's and thought that was pretty shuddering. And if, look, if you boys want to go uh, two to one with Kieran Malloy, I'm happy enough to do so because that was a brilliant, uh, brilliant way to take out Sam. Another, another good knockout was uh, John Donahue in the World Championships against Russia. That was kind of uh, unexpected. Oh, yeah. Being allowed to box the Russians and then, and then there's nobody knocks out Russians like that. So that was that was class too. His best knockout of the year was he knocked out the entire Irish political system. Him and it Johnny Jones combined. It was ridiculous. <laughs> savage. Like went on Liveline, went on Joe Duffy, Johnny Joyce, the mad thing, and like decided I'm not getting I'm not getting any joy here. I'm going to go on Liveline and sort this out. And like, who would have thought John Joe Joyce international diplomacy number one? Joyce, folk Joyce, perfect. Um, so Kieran Malloy gets knocked out of the year there. I'm going to go with ne- next category. My moment of the year, I know what it is uh, for me. It's Deirdre Gogarty coming home from America. Uh, I hosted an evening with Deirdre Gogarty up in Drogheda the, the night before Taylor versus Cameron won. Um, the who's who of women's boxing in Ireland were there on the stage with me. From Deirdre Gogarty to Deirdre Nelson, who fought in the same card as her back in uh, Las Vegas in 1995, to Christina McMahon, all the way up to Kate Radomska, who was fighting in Dublin the following night and uh, like Deirdre was just so Deirdre Gogri was so overwhelmed to be home and delighted to tell her story and then she was put quite front front and centre in most of the pre a lot of the pre-fight coverage she got to meet Katie Taylor at the absolute mansion she'd rented out prior to the fight and she just she got her moment and it was pretty pretty nice to see and I was had a slight involvement in it as well so I'm going to go with Deirdre Gogri being ringside for Katie Taylor's homecoming that's my moment of the year what about you lads? 
That 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 sounds a good pick as well. I think it's good um for some of these. It's great to see some of these female pioneers, um back in the in the news lines. I mean Jane Couch just been elected into the International Boxing Hall of Fame. Due to go, the ex ex team Saviors boxer as well. I That's believe. Right. Yeah. Uh, Saviors yeah. brought a Saviors brought a busload up and chatting yeah. afterwards with Johnny McCormick, the two Johnny McCormicks and stuff like that. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah. great night. That, that sounds great. I mean, I mean, overall, I think Katie coming back, big time boxing being back in Dublin is my show. I know the first fight, the first whole card wasn't the results we really wanted across the board almost. But just to get boxing back in Dublin again, that was fantastic. So yeah. that, that's why I'm going to go with that overall. But if you want to be more specific, then Deirdre Gogarty being ringside was, was brilliant yeah. at it, yeah. I might have to pull a rank. But uh, Tommy, what do you think? <laughs> Any moment of the year for you? Like, I mean, throw in a personal one if you want as well. What's your favourite moment of the year for yourself? But overall then in Irish boxing? Yeah, it was, it was obviously fighting back home in Cork was unreal for me and I just having that with my family and friends and it was a very pro moment but overall bringing my nephew up his first time at big time boxing up at Katie Taylor against Cameron too and then after the first show being so bad how good the second one went it couldn't have went any better like Harry Donovan looked brilliant Gary Cully got back on the horse got the good win Katie looked great and and there was just so many good fights on the show as well. Do you know what I mean? So he was buzzing after it. So I was delighted then that I was able to bring him up to it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So moments of the year. I'm going to have to, seeing as we're split 1-1-1, one, 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 I'm going to have to pull presenter rank here and go with uh, yeah. Deirdre Gogli being inside <laughs> for the Katie Taylor homecoming. Politics. Politics. That's true enough. Yeah, I'm, like, uh, I'm like the Russian head of the I'm bringing Joe My way or the highway? <laughs> bringing Joe Duffy, chief moaner. Game on site. He makes... <laughs> He makes things move. And today we have a grizzled veteran on, like like John Joe Joyce a few weeks ago. <laughs> Who's older? You were Johnny Joyce. Did you ever fight him, actually? John, John Joe? Yeah. Who you asked me? Who? Did, Terry, did you ever fight John Joe Joyce? John Joe Joyce? No, I didn't. Yeah, heavy. But the same age, I think. I boxed there, his brother, maybe three times. Boxed yeah, I record. won two, one. Yeah, I boxed for Davey and I was on the same team many times with John Joe and Dave Oliver, the lads. Yeah, really, really top yeah. lads. John Joe actually had his first elite champion this year as well in just in November. So like that club he has down Olympic Mullingar have a world junior champion. And that's it. Like I, that's actually another show for moments of the year. Like, I mean, yeah. for Wallace and John Donahue winning gold at the world junior championships after Ireland were finally allowed box against the Russians. That was a, that was a hell of a moment as well. After all the politics that had gone before it, and we're going to go discuss trainer of the year. Terry, any thoughts on trainer of the year? I might throw Andy Lee's hat into the ring. Um, Andy's done great things with, with Paddy obviously and uh, Joseph Parker's come back I don't know when this airs next uh, week too late alright so we don't know what happens <laughs> yeah. uh, after after Joseph Parker knocked out Deontay Wilder in 95 yeah. seconds what, extraordinary what, extraordinary who'd have thought it year for me yeah, yeah. but I, I think regardless of what happens against Deontay Wilder it's been a good a good resurgence for Joseph Parker lately Um, he looked really good in his last fight I thought after the after the Joyce loss was so devastating, and yeah, Andy Andy's doing great things with Paddy Donovan as well. I think I'd, I'd go with Andy. And obviously, what Jason Quigley was, you know, like you look at the points tallies against Edgar Berlanga last uh, in June at Madison Square Garden. Thought Quigley boxed a boxed a great fight. His tactics were spot on, you know, and he was he was unlucky that maybe just the heavy hands of Berlanga made but a bit also, of a difference. He, looked, he was he boxing a man completely different weight division. It looked like there were two. Like like I mean, Jason up at super middleweight didn't look. He did, just didn't look half the size of him, to be honest. I thought Berlanga had a massive size advantage there. Mm. 
Uh, Tommy, any ideas for trainer of the year? What's your own training setup at the minute as well? Yeah, well, I'm just kind of tipping away at myself. I train up in Fort Oregon's Boston Club when I'm back home in Cork. So I'm just doing a little bit here and there. Um, and I'll be going back to the States, back to Los Angeles, the end of January, getting ready for the next one. But in terms of trainer of the year for Ireland, it's hard to go past Andy Lee. There's no one really doing it at this stage. He's doing it at um, with Joseph Park, you know, and Paddy with a big win and then helping out Tyson Fury. He's uh, he's he's doing he's doing very well. And what about a shout, lads, for um, the Irish boxing coach Zoranti? Like uh, Ireland went to the European Games where Kelly Harrington and Aoife O'Rourke won gold medals. Jack Marley got a silver medal, the first Irishman since Garrett Coleman to medal at heavyweight or super, super heavyweight. That came back in 1947, you know, and he's going to be the first Irish heavyweight Olympian since 1996 when Cahill O'Grady went to Atlanta. Like Zor keeps producing the goods for Ireland. It's a difficult, it's a difficult world out there with the politics and amateur boxing and they're not getting to compete in as many championships, hopefully in 2024 now with the Olympics. That will narrow, narrow the focus and they have a great year ahead of them. But Zor, I think he was, he was snubbed by the RTE, uh, RTE Manager of the Year Awards. There was nine nominees. Zor wasn't among them, but I thought that was harsh. Like, you know, two European yes. champions, Kelly Harrington and Aoife O'Rourke, um, both of whom would point to Zor Ante as influence on their games, like no doubt about it. And even you look at what Katie Taylor has achieved, you know, he, he was instrumental in Katie Taylor's amateur career as well. But yeah, I don't know. That's Great show for Zor, I think. He's done incredible things for Irish Fox in the last 15, 20 years or so. Um, and yeah, yeah, and the show, actually, old Jerry Coleman, I remember many years ago, um, I was working in the YMCA gym on, on uh, Angel Street, and Jerry used to pop in the morning times. We talked boxing. He must have been, you know, mid to late 80s at the time. And he still would tell me all the old boxing stories. But he won the European Championships in, in Dublin, actually, I think, in. I guess 1939, something like that. Way, way, way back. So good, good old character. So that was he great. Got, he got gold in Dublin in, in 47, Jerry Coleman. 47, yeah. sorry. Yeah, 47, yeah. yeah. Went to the Olympics in London the following year, 48. Yeah. I'm okay. going to throw a spanner on the works and say John Joe Joyce. Johnny Joyce. Trainer <laughs> yeah. of the year. <laughs> Trainer of the year, yeah. Multiple champions. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's, what he's doing with that club is unbelievable. Um, obviously, he's always a great coach, but he's getting. These fighters are coming there, coming to him, knowing how to box already, whereas Johnny's bringing them from nine, ten years of age up and making world champions out of them. Yeah. I think it's unbelievable what he's doing. Yeah, from the cradle up, yeah. That's the, that's a, always a good sign of a great coach when you can take on kids at seven, eight, nine years old and bring them all the way up. Um, all right, we'll, we'll give it to Johnny Joyce. So he just because of his uh, his efforts on the... <laughs> yeah, that was a late that was a late run there. That was a late run, Tommy. But because of his efforts on the international stage of diploma, you know what I mean? Like... Kissinger yeah. died this year and now it's time for a new world diplomat to step up. John Joyce, you're the man. Okay. Our last category in uh, of the years, we're going to go we're at the big one, fighter of the year. Um, contenders. You're looking at uh, TJ Dotney, you know what I mean? Like we've given them comeback of the year, but those two knockouts in Japan, I, I mentioned, I think Sean McComb, 30 rounds box this year, you know what I mean? Three 10 round wins, serious, uh, serious progress in his career. Callum Walsh uh, and Pierce O'Leary continue to win. And Paddy Donovan, I thought, pretty flawless year. Three wins in a row there. Um, on the internet, on the uh, amateur stage, another goal for Kelly Harrington, another another goal for Aoife O'Rourke, and a great breakthrough for uh, Jack Marley. But obviously the leading contender for fighter of the year is uh, is Katie Taylor. You know, first loss in May. Jump, you know, finds a way to turn it around. 
and becomes a two-weight undisputed world champion in November. I don't think we're going to see the likes of it again, really. Fighter of the year, Terry? Uh, I can't see past Katie, to be honest, for this, because of the historical relevance of this whole thing, like bringing big-time boxing back to Dublin. Okay, the first one didn't go away. That only means it, it set up set her up for an even bigger win to the second fight. I have to go with Katie because of the the magnitude of the events and and the turnaround as well. The difference mm. from fight one to fight two was was astronomical. She beat an actually bigger girl as well. You know, it's easy to forget that she she boxed her up at Chantel's weight both times. So and sets up hopefully perfect trilogy in Crow Park next year. Yes indeed. Year. Tommy like Maybe to argue the flip side, you could say, well, Taylor just went one and one this year. You know, she lost one and won one, whereas other fighters won three or four on the bounce. But does, as Terry say, the historical relevance of the fights that she won or the fight that she won supersede Trump absolutely everything? What do you think? Yeah, I completely agree. There's nobody doing it at the level that Katie's doing it at either. Um, she's she could have brought Cameron down to her natural way for the rematch, but she's chose to stay up there and. I felt silly after the fight because I doubted her before the second fight and she proved so many people wrong. She's just boxed absolutely unbelievable and um, she's just a, an amazing person. So I couldn't say that there was anyone deserves fighter of the year better than Katie Taylor. Yeah, I think everybody doubted her. You know, I was doubting her before the Serrano fight and the way she won that, I thought, right, that's, you know, won't be doubting her again and then she loses to Cameron and it kind of sneaks in. I, I guess... Every time she falters now, someone's going to doubt her just as she advances in the years. But that, like, what an all-time, what an all-time great uh, fight and performance from an Irish fighter there against Cameron. Thank you. Cameron 2. And whether it's uh, Serrano 2 or Cameron 3 in the new year, it should be exciting, that's for sure. Absolutely. Definitely. Uh, well, so, I think that's, we're, we're there with an Irish rap. Like, I mean, we come out of the year with uh, female world champions, Katie Taylor, undisputed in two weights. Male world champions, zero. We have nothing at the minute. It all, like I wrote a preview for the newspaper in January. I said the next Irish world champion male is going to be Michael Conlon. Hasn't happened. Perhaps he can go again, make it at a third time. Like Steve Collins, Dave Boy McCauley, and the previously mentioned Deirdre Gogarty, all won world titles at the third time of asking. It's a massive ask for Conlon. Uh, but we'll, we'll see what happens. But lads, who do you think is Irish boxing's next male world champion? Um, probably possibly Agyako Agyako maybe um, I think he could be what, what, how old is he now maybe 29 late 20s what? still isn't he? not sure he's that old I think he's I think 26 he's like or 27 seven. he's younger again so okay. 27 I think yeah. yeah I think I'll go with Quaven for the next okay. champion Paddy Donovan I think it did. I guess they're both in really really tough weight divisions historically like I mean welterweights middleweights the best pound for pound boxes of all time have come from around these weight divisions so it's always going to be a big big ask but I think those two boys are really front runners for me yeah and obviously Cully had a setback uh, had a setback this year but he's back on the horse and this yeah. time last year I think Cully would have been a, a popular name for Irish boxing's next world champion notwithstanding the fact that he's in the lightweight division where there's just killers in the top 10 yeah. everywhere Tommy who are you thinking for a next Irish male world yeah, champion I think I think you could agree with Kevin um, and, and Paddy, but Paddy's had a very tough way with Crawford and Spence, so it's going to be another couple of years before before Paddy gets up to that 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 level. I think fighting for the titles there, but um, I think TJ Dotney could do it next year. 
I think yeah, um, yeah I definitely think TJ is there. He's he's probably going to get a world title fight next, or maybe one more in the world title fight. And you can't write him off anymore. <laughs> don't don't dare, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a that's a great show. I think like um, obviously depends on the situations with the belts, but we've seen it happen before. So things come free and opportunities yeah. happen, and we've seen before from TJ that he's not afraid to go to the Lions Den as a big outsider, as a scalp. And uh, just turn everything on its head. And the guy's punching as hard as he ever has been, but it looks things. Yeah, and Inoue is fighting for the unification this week. So I, I, I'm expecting Inoue to move up after after he wins this week. If he does win, um, he has a tough fight at, at the weekend, but I'm expecting him to move up after that. So that vacates the titles. And who's there for TJ? I'm not too sure who's in around that way, but I won't be I won't be betting against TJ any, oh, anymore. Thanks. Lads, uh, we're going to move just on quickly to the world scene before we wrap it up today. Uh, who's your world fighter of the year? I guess in the among the runnings is like, you know, as as always, you've got Canelo beat John Ryder, but then a very decisive win against Jermel Charlo. Devin Haney, you know, like beat Lomachenko and Regis Progre in one year. He's going to be definitely in the mix as well. Will Katie Taylor be in the run for the female award? Maybe, you know, we'll win and a loss. Possibly, possibly not, but maybe they'll take into account the magnitude of what we said. But for male world fighter, dear lads, who's in your uh, who's in your thoughts? I, I think uh, I don't really like going for fighter of the year with just if the boxer only fought once in a twelve month period. Mm. That's a massive win, say you know Tyson Fury dethroning Vladimir Klitschko in Germany. But I have to go with Crawford. Crawford against Spence. I think the performance was so complete. It was you know two of the top three or four pound per pounders in the world fighting and. Uh, Absolutely dominant from start to finish. Star-making performance. I'll go Terence Crawford. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I thought that was just... He did everything perfectly. And he just... He made it look easy. He made the, he made the fight look easy against Errol Spence, who's an absolute beast at the weight. He's huge for the weight. And Crawford just... He just... He, could, he was able to do whatever he wanted with him. Yeah, I guess, so, anyway, probably has a, has a possible chance to overtake him, depending on his next performance. But... I think uh, the magnitude of the Crawford Spence fight and to like to absolutely ice your uh, your biggest rival in a fight that everybody's waited for for five or six years, you know, and talked about for years. And people were genuinely split, weren't they? They, you know, there was a, I'd say it was 50 50. There was probably even maybe more so in the heel of the hunt going for the younger, stronger, bigger guy, Errol Spence. And Crawford just turned it all on its head. So, Crawford, world fighter of the year, Terence Crawford. Um, next one, um, just the last one on the world stage. Just, we're going to look at performances. Thought Inouye against Fulton, incredible, absolutely dominant. He had his doubters anyway. Uh, people thinking Fulton was too good, too slick, too big, but I didn't really doubt him. And he just went smashy, smashy, and uh, Fulton was gone in eight. Another one that stood out to me was Teofimo Lopez against Josh Taylor. We've seen Josh Taylor's rise over here on the, on this side of the pond. Watched him, you know, back in the day on the McGuigan shows up close, and you know, on some of the Frampton undercards. Knew he was the goods from early, you know what I mean? When he was smashing up O'Hara Davies, I think I won, you know, money because you knew how good he was. And his rise to being undisputed world champion was swift, but he's, even though he, he fell off and he wasn't great against uh, Jack Hatterall, you know, that he shouldn't have got that decision. I still thought Teofimo Lopez with his mental problems and, you know, stepping up and weight against a bigger guy. It was a very dangerous fight for him to be taken. I thought Taylor would put some serious doubts in his head. And yeah, maybe bully him, you know, but Lopez was absolutely class and he bullied the bully. Uh, just a recent performance, Bam Rodriguez against Sonny Edwards, you know, unification at the flyweight in the flyweight division just looked like a man against boy, even though Edwards performed quite well, but Bam Rodriguez stopped him, made him quit. And a left field one, even annoyed I watched it. 
but you have to take your hat off against the Francis Ngannou, a boxing debutant, uh, you know, nearly knocking out the, the reigning WBC world heavyweight champion, Tyson Fury. Lads, any performances stand out to you this year? I know Crawford against Spence is probably the front runner to win this one. Um, yeah, yeah, I think, um, I think Tiafimo against uh, Josh, Josh Taylor was a fantastic performance. You really, you're watching a, a fella really have fun in there, weren't you? You know, he really enjoyed himself. It was like he, he wanted to fight for 20 rounds. It was a fantastic to watch. But no, I mean, I picked Terence Crawford as fighter of the year based on one performance. So that, therefore, it means it has to be my performance of the year yeah, too. Absolutely. Crawford against Spence. Tommy, did like did did you have any like you you're, you you and your dad work really closely hand in hand have done ever since you're boxing as a child like what do you think of the relationship the dad son relationship between Teofimo Lopez and his dad because it looks to be incredibly toxic from outside do you think you could go go through with a fight if your dad was creating so many problems or is it all put on for the cameras and because it looks to be incredibly toxic and difficult that's why I thought Teofimo Lopez would lose probably I got. I got swayed by uh, YouTube clips, and I thought that guy, that his head's not right. His dad has him in his pocket. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't look like his head was right, and and it was uh, he how he pulled out that kind of performance was unbelievable. But like the father son thing doesn't work all the time. But then you see Devin Haney and his dad, and they've just done a master plan since he turned pro, like going to Mexico, getting his record up, and then just getting the deal. He's just it's been unbelievable, and his performance against Progress is probably up there going to one of the performances of the year as well. It wasn't even competitive. He hurt him multiple times and probably could have got him out of there, but stayed to the game game plan and didn't get reckless. I thought that was unbelievable, but I'd have to agree with Terry and go with Crawford there uh, for the performance of the year. I just, I, I couldn't get over that, like how he made it look so easy. He looked he looked so strong, looked so dominant from, from the start. Beautiful. It's a, it's a Bud Crawford whitewash. Similarly to Katie Taylor, like you've got like uh, a two-way undisputed world champion Male whitewashes the world awards and a two-weight world undisputed champion, Katie Taylor, dominates the Irish categories for fight of the year and fighter of the year. Lads, we're nearly there. I just want to look ahead to what's coming in 2024. Thanks so much for your time. Been brilliant insight. Obviously, coming up quickly is Baturbiev against Smith, Callum Smith. Has he got a chance uh, against a hard-hitting Russian, Terry? No. <laughs> no, no chance. I know. I think he's got a shot. You can't discount him. And Baturbiev is getting close. He's pushing 40 now. So you never know when that one when it's going to be that one fight too many. But now you have to heavily fancy better BF, don't you really? I mean, um, such a puncher, underrated skill as well. He's just a machine, grinds guys down. Um, yeah, I have to go better BF there. Yeah, Tommy, hopefully he fights Bivol this year if he gets through uh, Carlos Smith. I'm a bit more optimistic. I think I think Carlos Smith could pull this one off. I think um to be honest, he's one of my favorite boxers since since the Tarn Pro. I've loved watching him. And I've just seen since, since he went up to the light heavyweight, he looks like he's an absolute animal himself. Um, Better Beef is pushing on a bit. Anthony Yard pushed him last year, I think it was, and he's had some time off now. And I, I don't know. I think I think it could be good timing for Cameron Smith. I, th- I definitely think he could pull it off. But y- you would have to favour um, Better Beef in this. He's an absolute beast. Yeah, very interesting. And Tommy, would you? What, what about um? Another another beast from the east, Usyk uh, against Fury. Hopefully, it's going to finally happen in February. Um, was Fury as terrible as he looked against Zanganu? As his father suggesting he's not at the races at all. But is he? Is it all just a big game of playing possum? You know, do, can who's your favorite for Fury against Usyk? My favorite is Tyson Fury, but you just can't predict what the man is going to do. Like um, 
who who would have known that that was going to be such a tough fight against Ngannou? But at the same time, obviously, it wasn't the best Tyson Fury we saw. I think, I just think he's too big for Usyk. I think he loses weight. He'll lean on him. He'll make a messy. He'll make it dirty. He'll make he'll make a rough fight out of it. And I think he's gonna I think he's gonna get the win all right against Usyk. Usyk is unbelievable, but he's he's a much smaller man than Tyson Fury. Harry, fancy uh, fancy Usyk or Fury? I agree with Tommy 100%. I think um, it certainly wasn't the most flattering performance, really. Well, I think you could say it was one of the worst performances by a top-level fighter I've ever seen, actually, against Ngano. He just he just did not seem to be mentally there whatsoever. He was just, you know, as casual as can be, and he got a bit he got a bit, a bit, a bit shocked, you know. But I think um, it was maybe the best thing that could have happened to him in terms of getting that shock. Coming up to the Usyk fight, I, I still fancy Fury. Yeah, that's interesting as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he struggled with the physical size of Ngannou. Like the way that Fury looked, like his best performances in recent years are against Deontay Wilder, undoubtedly. And he was able to manhandle and wrestle Deontay Wilder. He's the bigger man and he was able to tire him out, push him against the ropes and then land sneaky shots inside, tire him out and then really extend the long levers and, and bust him up. Against Ngannou, he wasn't able to do any of that. But he'll be, he'll still, he'll be back with the physical advantage against Usyk, which I think which, which would work to his favour. I'd fancy Usyk if it was my last dollar or my last pound, my last euro, I'd go with Usyk. Just he's, he's too prime, too focused. I think uh, I'd have him, but, you know, I'm not going to put the mortgage on him. Maybe my last quid. Maybe uh, Crawford Spence too, if that happens this year. I don't think there's any need for a rematch, but maybe the only need for a rematch is that it's still an enormous fight. Spence didn't really look himself. You know, he's had problems outside the ring and uh, he did not look good against Crawford. Now, whether that was down to the, the genius of Bud or did Spence just underperform, get it completely wrong? Um, I'm not sure. Do you think there's any warrant or any merit to the rematch, Terry? I, I, I don't I don't think so. I don't see what the point is, to be honest. Um, it's about as appealing as Cambosis against Devin Haney too, but mm, that rematch yeah. happened as well, you know? Nothing much. Uh, I don't really see why Why would Crawford fight him up at 154 when he doesn't need to. He'd fight him again at 147. Same problems are still apply. Crawford's too good. Spence can't make the weight anymore. I don't see any need for it. I think Crawford, Crawford really aiming to be great and looking towards Canelo. That'd be incredible. I don't think it's going to happen now. I think it's very unlikely. It's very, it's a lose-lose situation really for Canelo, isn't it? I don't think he's going to take that um, that chance. Yeah, I'd but, love to see. I'd love to see uh, Crawford against Jermel Charlo. Like if that could happen at one fifty-four for those belts, you know, that would be another. That's a good like, point. Charlo just dared to be great against Canelo. Well, then let Crawford dare to be great against him. I hate that phrase, dare to be great. But never, nevertheless, like I think that's that's a good fight to make. Do you think, Tommy, do you think Spence has any hope in the second fight? Like, I mean, we saw, you know, we were talking about our fight of the year. Taylor, Katie Taylor made the adjustments, pulled it back, but maybe she wasn't she wasn't dominated by Cameron. It was a, it was a close fight. Yeah, um, this boxing is such a crazy game. It's hard to write anyone off, especially at that level. But I, I don't really see the... There's no appetite for the rematch. It was completely one-sided. I'd much rather see... It's probably greedy out of me, but I'd much rather see Crawford against Jaron Ennis. I think that's the oh, unbelievable fight. Boots Ennis. Um, he can do a bit of all. He can do... He, he's, he can match Crawford, I think, with the sofa R-Rocks and very similar style to him. And he's a, he's a killer. He goes for the finish when he gets someone hurt, just like Crawford. So I think they're, they're very similar in ways. So I think that would be a great fight to watch. Oh, I like that one. I like that one. And then pity like Virgil, or, Virgil Ortiz has fallen mm-hmm. off the map a bit, but hopefully in 2024 he can get back. Because for a while there, Ortiz and Ennis were being talked about neck and neck. Like, but uh, yeah, I think maybe the only thing with Spence is like 
I was trying to find a, a news angle to write about the Taylor Cameron fight and just what people were suggesting were when someone, when a pro boxer, like someone as proud as Taylor loses for the first time, the comeback, like the, the spite, the malice, the tra- the extra bit of training that that generates can can totally turn around a performance. You just don't see that first loss coming. So maybe that's Spence's biggest hope, but he has been manhandled and dominated by Crawford. I think Crawford has his number. The last one on my list here is, is Taylor's next step, just to, you know, just to square the circle. Would you rather see Cameron two or, or Cameron three or Serrano two at Crow Park? Like, I think there's issues now between Cameron and our team at Matchroom. There's a bit of backbiting. Probably will be settled. You know, the colour of money will sort that out. I think it's a risk to put a Crow Park date in Serrano's hands because she's got a history of pulling out. Either way, they're, they're great fights. I'd like to see either of them. But uh, which would be your preference, Tommy? The Serrano fight is... Serrano Taylor, one, is the best fight I've ever saw. Like, male or female fight is, is one of my favourite fights. But I'd rather see Katie fight Cameron for the third time. I think I think she wins this, just like she won the, the second fight. And um, I think she could even win it more convincingly. And I, I just want to see her get that win in Croke Park. Brilliant. Terry? I second that, absolutely. Katie against Cameron. I think um fantastic fight against uh, Amanda Serrano the first time. Serrano's now fighting a big, a big campaign for three-minute rounds. Isn't she 12 three-minute rounds? I think she's there. Yes. Uh, She's claiming she'll never fight ten twos again. So I know Katie's not going to go to twelve threes. So uh, I think I think Cameron against Katie back down to Katie's natural weight maybe as well in Crow Park. That'd be fantastic for next year. That's what I'd love to see. Yeah, or is yeah is Taylor now just a fully fledged light welterweight? Probably not. Uh, but she's done work to get there. But mm. yeah, yeah. Like once it's at Crow Park, I think I'll be happy enough. I think that would be an amazing. Like we we. This time last year, we were all expecting to go to Crow Park in 2023, and then that fell apart. So it could be the same. It could be the same thing again. These stories build up every year, but get Joe we'll, Duffy on the case. We'll sort it out. Get John Joe Joyce to sort it out. That's the man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Crow Park will be great. Or even if she's stuck, she could come down to Carpenter Park at Cueve as well. Yeah, yeah. I sell a few tickets down there for her. The last, the last <laughs> stadium fight in the in the Republic was obviously Collins Eubank too, and yeah. uh, Porky Cueve. So. Yeah, great one to go back to. Tommy, I hope you can secure a place at Crow Park. I'm sure you'll be sending out as many uh, emails as you can to get that one locked up. Yeah, we'll have to start calling some names out soon. And uh, 2024 is going to be a busy year for me anyway. So whatever's in store, I'm looking forward to it. Brilliant. Well, look, that was lads, that was the year 2023 wrapped up here on the Rocky Road. I want to give massive thanks to our two guests today. Terry O'Neill. You can, Terry, where can people catch you? What's, what's coming up for you now in the next uh, couple of weeks or months? Uh, I'm currently doing a show in Bewley's Grace by James Joyce, the one-man show. Uh, James Joyce, you might have heard of him. He's um, he's an up-and-coming writer. He's going to be yeah. big, trust me, trust yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah, he'll go far the boy, big prospect. Yeah, but um, I guess you'll need a time machine to go back and watch it by the time this this comes out. So, <laughs> right, okay. Um, I've got a couple of, I'm filming in January and February, a couple of things coming up next year. Um, so, yeah. You can catch me, uh, <laughs> catch me whatever's coming yeah. up. My Throw out your uh, social media handle there or whatever, and uh, we'll get that. Yeah. Follow me, Tez O'Neill, T E Z O'Neill. Tez O'Neill on Instagram. And Tommy, obviously, you're looking for an action pack 2024. Yeah, I just want to be fighting on uh, on big stages. It's been a busy year in 2023, so hopefully, another busy year stepping up the eight rounds and then maybe 10 rounds at the end of the year, title fight. And I want to be on TV. And just getting everyone to know me, do you know what I mean? I want to be on the uh, on the big screens and, and fighting in the big fights. Well, great. Well, look, I wish you the best. And tell people where they can follow you as well, Tom. Oh, yeah. My, uh, Tommy Hyde 1 on Instagram and Tommy Hyde 99 on Twitter. 
brilliant Adam together cheers man <laughs> lads uh, it's been great really appreciate it thank you and thanks to everyone for listening to the Rocky Road tune in next week <laughs>